when you're young and you're starting out in your 20s and 30s, I wouldn't sacrifice what I really want. Not to challenge you, but I think it's a little bit of a double a standard. I don't even know if that's the right word, but it's like you say, oh, nobody's perfect. And that's then you true. say, if there's a little red flag, move on. Well, no one's perfect. That is true. That's up to the individual. Yeah. If somebody really uh, was not satisfying me in the bedroom, that would be a, a major flag. I would have to say <laughs> goodbye. That mm-hmm. isn't going to get better. Welcome back for another episode of Interstates and Heartbreak, a podcast all about the shared experience of dating and relationships. Today, I have two amazing guests from another podcast called Excuse My Grandma, and I'm very excited to introduce them, but wanted to open up with a quick update and introduction to the episode before diving in. I'm recording this for context at 7.30 on a Friday. 7.30 a.m., that is, and that is relevant because it's the day after my work holiday party. I have to say, this morning was a bit rough. You know, I'm just going to leave it at that. I stayed out a bit late. I had a few more drinks than is advisable, and no shade to the party. It was really fun. Was there any food? Not really. Nothing of sustenance. So I am kind of, you know, in a place where I'm very excited that we're coming up on the holidays and that we're all going to have some time to recharge. I'm going to go back to San Diego for a little while. And I wanted to just give the update that I think in order to fully recharge and reset before the new year so I don't burn out, I'm going to take a couple weeks off. So there will not be new episodes of Interstates and Heartbreak for the next couple of Sundays. But don't you worry, I will be back in January. And so try not to miss me too much. And with that, I will transition into this week's interview. Welcome back for another episode of Interstates and Heartbreak. Today, I'm really excited to introduce Kim and Grandma Gail. They are the co-hosts of Excuse My Grandma podcast. They bring amazing intergenerational perspective on modern dating issues, and I've been so excited to officially meet them. Welcome to the show. Hi, Leslie. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Leslie. Yeah. So I have to, you know, dive in and start by asking, what was the inspiration behind you two starting a podcast? So basically, during the middle of the pandemic, I was in New York City, and my grandparents were living in Florida. So I got an invitation to come down and stay with them, and I took it pretty easily. And I was dating pretty actively as a 25-year-old single girl. And um, my grandma was just super overly involved in all of my dating decisions, from Mm -hmm. swiping through apps to picking out my outfits for date night um, to debriefing after the date. And uh, our friends and family around us were like, people have to be a fly on the wall on this and see how funny this dynamic is. Mm -hmm. And we really decided to start it because we realized all the generational differences from the 50s and 60s when my grandma Mm -hmm. was young and dating to now with social media and dating apps, just a completely different world. And there's so much to teach each other. So we started the podcast that way. And then we started to bring on guests from experts, basically from every field from mm-hmm. entertainment, you know, influencers to gynecologists to divorce lawyers to private investigators. 
And now we are growing a ton and we started a TikTok account as well and have a big following on there. So it's very exciting. And she was working down. She doesn't tell you that she was a producer down here. She worked for a streaming company for several years and she was doing that. And it was just everything was at home because everything Mm -hmm. was basically closed down in New York. And after about six months of doing that down here, she said, you know what, we got to try something on our own. This is just not fun anymore because there was no Mm -hmm. interrelationships in the office. There was nobody there. She was just sitting in a room working by herself, you know, over a Zoom thing. So Mm -hmm. I think that also um, motivated Kimmy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I work full time as well. So I've been working from home for the mm-hmm. past year and a half plus. Yeah. And it definitely has taken its toll. And I also started my podcast during the pandemic. And I feel like what a perfect time to kind of like find new ways to connect with people and to just have a passion project when you have a little bit more time on your hands. Love totally. That. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened with us as well. So I would love to hear how you two got so close in the sense of talking about dating and being so intertwined in like that area of discussion, because your dynamic stood out to me because I actually had two podcast episodes that I recorded with my mom earlier in 2021, but I only did two because it's like, there are so many barriers that come when discussing dating sometimes due to like different perspectives, different experiences. And so the fact that you two are so in depth and like open about this is just really special. Thank you. Well, I think actually I'll jump in here because I think from uh, a perspective, see, talking to your mom is different than talking to your grandma. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have, you know, if your grandparents are alive, but luckily I'm here. She -hmm. was living with me and it's a different barrier that really isn't there because Mm -hmm. grandparents think all their grandchildren are perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then when I saw the dating situation, that was really not perfect. And I expected more from what she was getting. And I had to voice it. And I don't hold back on my comments because Mm -hmm. that's not the way our relationship has ever been. And we've always been close. She's my oldest grandchild. She was the one I you know, would take care of when she was a baby. Mm -hmm. And so I always felt very attached to her. And when I saw things I didn't really love, I felt it was time to jump in. And her mom uh, wouldn't say the things I would necessarily Mm -hmm. say. And I think that is a big difference. Grandparents don't usually have filters. (laughs) So, uh, and we get away with it. So I think that was one of the reasons that we didn't have any issue with it. Mm. Yeah, I think that's very true. I think also, as you said, we've always had this relationship. And I think it's pretty easy for us to talk about dating and all of these things. I mean, even off the podcast, it's way more unfiltered than Mm -hmm. on it. So um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's been pretty, pretty easy for us. That's really great. So I'd love to kind of unpack that. Like Grandma Gail, what are some of the things that you were seeing that you didn't like in Kim's dating world? Well, also, I must preface this. She dated a super kid in college, and he was a wonderful young man, and we all loved him. But, you know, it was something that both of them outgrew. I think in her adult dating life, we got stuck in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you weren't able to go to restaurants freely at all. Um, Mm -hmm. You couldn't do anything. So what she was doing was going on dating sites with young people down in Florida. Sites, sites, whatever those apps are, I have no idea. Match and Bumble and uh, I don't know what. I've not, never been in either of those apps. No shade. Which those is are the, great which apps. Are the but... ones? I don't know. Whatever they were, I never heard of them. And when mm-hmm. we got to talking about it, when the dates would come, it was very, uh, you know, some of them I really didn't approve of. And mm-hmm. I felt you had to really say something. 
we didn't get to know any of them well enough because Kimmy found on her own that they really weren't the right dates. But there were a mm-hmm. lot of uh, there were a lot of frogs in that dating. We didn't find any princes yet. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but we're still looking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I feel like my mom shares a very similar perspective to you, Grandma Gail. I know you've mentioned you aren't the biggest fan of the apps overall, just like as a concept. And so I'd love to hear your candid thoughts on why that's not necessarily the ideal way to meet somebody. Well, I'm an old-fashioned person, so I, I, I really like to know their family, know where they're coming from, really were they educated along the standards I felt. Because I'm not sure, and I know Kimmy says that I'm wrong, I don't know how honest people are on these apps. If they really tell you the whole truth, you know, I'm sure you cross-reference them and you figure out somebody that knew the young man or the young woman. I mean, it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I have only gone out with people that I've seen at least like one mutual friend with. Mm-hmm. And so which it's is, never- Which doesn't make me as stranger. nervous. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And yeah. I think also like what you're saying with like a lot of the time people, you'll be like, they're unemployed when it's like, mm-hmm. I think this is probably something people can relate to where it's like, just because you don't work for a big company or something doesn't mean you're mm-hmm. unemployed by that logic. Yeah. I'm unemployed. Like with, you know, <laughs> well, so- I, I sort of mm-hmm. like being employed. <laughs> I sort of <laughs> like an income coming in. I was raised that you had to have a job. You had to make money. You had to support mm-hmm. your family. You had to support yourself. I forget your family. So I know in this particular time of everybody moving from jobs and and doing different things. It's a whole new culture out there. Everyone wants to kind of work for themselves now. Well, I think that has become a reality and we see it. And certainly the Wall Street Journal keeps talking about it. There are loads of people going off and saying, I quit and I'm going to do my own thing. I'm not sure how realistic it is. And I hope the young people understand that you sometimes have to work for somebody else and suck it up. (laughs) and do your job the way the employer wants. But you know what? Those apps do make me a little nervous. I still like a fix-up. I still love the idea that somebody really knew somebody and then introduced you. It doesn't always work. I mean, you know, I was a fix-up. So Mm. from my point of view, you know, families knew each other. So that was one less thing to worry about. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely get all of those concerns. And I feel like overall, I'm pro dating app because I actually met my boyfriend on Hinge. But Mm -hmm. I've experienced some of the negatives as well. And it's funny because I don't think my mom will ever fully embrace the dating apps unless I like marry this current boyfriend. And then she'll be like, okay, I guess it works. Exactly. Right. So it's just very interesting. I think that, you know, there is the perspective of, oh, yeah, like if they say they're an entrepreneur, are they really successful or not? And I guess my argument is that sometimes you can meet someone in person and they could lie as well. And like, if you Mm -hmm. meet them in person, it's a little bit harder to cross-reference them because you don't have this profile that you can go back to and say, oh, well, here's kind of like their dating resume for me to cross-reference. Here's maybe their linked Instagram that I can creep. So I feel like there are pros and cons to both. That's such a good point. Honestly, I've never thought about the generational difference of like lying because I feel like in your time, you could get away with a lot more. Now it takes one Google search. Yeah, it can we look didn't you up that. in every platform and mm-hmm. kind of like know everything about you, um, yeah. which is good and and bad. It's like there's always that meme or like videos about this and stuff where it's like, oh, how's your like Uncle Sam? And they're like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't tell you about exactly. that. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I mean, I just had a feeling about it. Like, <laughs> 
Sometimes you can overstep. Well, you two were on the same page. See, when we were dating, you couldn't really lie because your mother knew the person or your (laughs) aunt knew the person or your grandma knew the person. And it was a small little community. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't be fixed up with somebody bi-coastally because that was just not what happened. It was usually someone from where you lived or your place of worship or your school. So it was a very different thing. And we also, I always bring this up and it's so silly now to say it, but we also got married much younger. Mm -hmm. Women did not get married that readily in their thirties. They really didn't. They got married in their mid twenties or early twenties. And Mm -hmm. um, that wasn't right or wrong because there were plenty of divorces amongst my friends. Women found out they wanted to have a career. They hadn't been allowed to really, because they had families so quickly had a career. So there are certainly cons in what we did. But the pro was that we sort of did know who the person was that we were going to have a date with. We might not Mm -hmm. have liked him, but we knew where he was coming from or she. Yeah. They'd been vetted, which is nice. They'd been vetted, vetted by family or Mm -hmm. vetted by friends. Because that was a very big, you know, way of of meeting people. You went out with your friends and they said, oh, we have a guy that's going out with us. Come along. You know, Mm -hmm. it was that kind of, you know, community. Sounds way easier. Well, it was easier. It really does. (laughs) It was easier. And dating was less complicated. We've discussed that a million times. We Mm -hmm. didn't psychoanalyze dates. I mean, that was just not happening. I mean, you you liked him or you liked her. Like I would come home from after first or second date and be like, so here's the family trauma. And you'd be like, I don't understand (laughs) how you know this. Like you just met. Exactly. We would never, first of all, the the guy would never have divulged it, nor would he ever have thought it. And the girl's the same because we Mm -hmm. didn't, you know, the analysis wasn't that prevalent. We even had that conversation with Steve Sharippa that even the Sopranos, you Mm. know, in those times, tough guys or they didn't analyze. Nobody analyzed to the extent we do today. And whether for right or wrong, I think maybe some analysis is good now. Mm -hmm. But um, it it was a simpler time. Yeah. I feel like people are a lot more in touch with their feelings, which I think Mm -hmm. overall is healthy, Mm -hmm. but it does complicate things so much. Because to your point, Kim, it's like on a first date when you have to kind of like read through the trauma that they've spilled to you and determine, Mm -hmm. is this a red flag or is it just positive that they're aware of the fact that they've gone through it? It's a fine line. Exactly. And now it's like, you laugh about this, but it's like the sexiest thing in the world to be like, I'm in therapy. Yes. <laughs> and, and whereas before you might be like, is there well, something no, I, we wrong would've, with that? We would have ran yeah. away from that yeah. day. Yeah. Now you exactly. run toward it. Exactly. Okay. Yes. That's a green flag now. Yes. Yeah. So um, Grandma Gail, for anyone who is tired of online dating, but like maybe doesn't have friends who set them up, because I feel like when I was single, I would be wondering like, where are all of the single friends Mm -hmm. of friends that like I should be getting introduced to? They just weren't coming. Do you have any ideas for like ways to meet people outside of the apps or through mutual connections? Well, I'm a big believer in the community churches and synagogues. I really believe that if you go to church on a Sunday, go to synagogue on a Saturday. There is people to meet who have a commonality of Mm -hmm. interests, not necessarily somebody you might want to go out with, but somebody that maybe introduce you to somebody Mm -hmm. else within the community. Mm -hmm. And it's there. Or volunteering. Volunteering Mm -hmm. for a food center, which we have so much of in Florida, and we have a a lot in New York with Meals on Wheels, where you can, you know, you meet people that have similar um, what would you say it is? Values. Values. Thank yeah. you. That's the word, Kim. Yeah. Values. And you know what? They all say, you know what? You're such a good kid. 
let me fix you up with so-and-so or I know a oh, guy so or a girl. you're saying, because I'm trying to think like none of my friends have met someone at a place of worship, but you're almost saying like maybe think, they'll meet somebody's parents or grandparents who would say, yeah, I have a grandson for or, you. And, I see or, that more than meeting the, because yeah. I don't know that many. I mean, of course they do, but personally I don't. What I do know is people who like, for example, I'm Jewish and there's like Jewish organizations like mm-hmm. UJA and they have these like galas every season. Oh, yeah. And that's a social thing where you can meet a lot of people. So it's kind yeah. of through religion, but like not actually mm-hmm. like but religious. I, yeah, that makes sense. I don't think it has to be religious. I think it just, it's a place to go mm-hmm. where people are and, and because you're not going to meet them sitting in an apartment building. Of course, Unless, I say yeah. I say you meet them in the elevators, <laughs> but that's another story. Uh, oh, you're you're yeah. too you're too cautious. I yeah, I can't talk to someone in an elevator, but every time she comes <laughs> over, like once a month or so ago, there was a guy with like a um, thing of beer. It was and cute. You, and you were like, somebody's thirsty. <laughs> oh uh, my we're gosh. Not, I love we're not that. flirting that way. That's not what's happening. <laughs> yeah, but you see, we would have done that. It's innocent. What's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> All right. See, that's a different thing. Yeah. That's um, tough because it's like, wow, how nice it's like delivered in your lap essentially. But then if it doesn't work out, this person lives in your building and now you exactly. see that. <laughs> really awkward. That's what yeah. Kimberly said, but it wouldn't bother me. <laughs> You're brave. You're braver than I would be, honestly. <laughs> and I also think, I don't know, we can't do it now, but there used to be trips that people took, mm-hmm. uh, you know, adventures. Unfortunately, we're locked down now, so we, we're not mm-hmm. going anywhere. But, you know, if you all love to ski, mm, uh, yeah. you meet people in a ski lodge. You meet people in a hiking, uh, camping kind of atmosphere. There's so many ways for young people to meet people with common interests. Mm -hmm. Um, That's been cut short a little. I think the point is like to be put in a small, isolated group in some way. There's more opportunity to like actually have a conversation with someone versus you're going to a club or a bar and like you're not going to meet someone. No. At least in my opinion. I've gotten people's numbers, but like it's never really been like love at first sight in those moments. First of all, you're drinking too much, so everybody doesn't know where they put the number. (laughs) In your phone. It has to be in your phone. Oh, in your phone? Oh, all right. They don't like write it on a piece of paper. They're not writing it on their hands like I see in the movie. And then it's like half washed off. Or like the next day you're like, ooh, was he cute? I think so, but I'm not 100% sure. Exactly. That's exactly right. So that avenue for meeting somebody is very slim. Agreed. Yeah. Kim, are you currently on the apps? Are you in a relationship right now? I'm in a relationship for about six months now. It's exciting. We matched on some apps, but never met up in person. I don't know why, to be honest. And then we actually met again through TikTok because we create a ton of content for Excuse My Grandma. And he saw one of my videos and was like, the algorithm brought us back together. Let's have dinner. So That's so cute. Modern romance. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, very modern romance. I love that it was like a hybrid of meeting on the apps, but also not. Literally every single social media way you can meet someone (laughs) in in one. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's really nice. Well, I'm sure you're kind of relieved to not have to deal with all of the negatives and the frogs on the apps anymore. Very excited for you. Yeah, it's great to be in something where you feel like mutual love and respect, whereas on the apps and stuff, like, it takes a really long time to get there and to know what somebody's about and to know what somebody wants, because I don't Mm -hmm. think people are clear about that from date one, because, you know, sitting across from someone one person could just want a fun date and one person Mm -hmm. could be looking to get married. And like, unless you're having those conversations, which can't really happen for the first few dates, it just Mm -hmm. takes a while, but it's fun. Like, that's what I think we forget. 
a lot of the time. Well, dating should be fun. It should be fun. Mm -hmm. And that's actually one thing I think I learned from you when I was overanalyzing and getting upset whenever it's like, this is supposed to be something we do to add to our lives, not take away from it. And if you're stressed, then that's a red flag. Yeah. That's true. And that's such a good reminder because I feel like when I put myself on the dating apps like a few years back, I was very open-minded and optimistic and so excited to be on the apps just because it was something new. And I'd been in like this relationship that wasn't the best for a couple of years. And then I just threw myself into it too much and I underwent dating burnout. So I feel like that's such a good, simple reminder of like, if you're not having fun anymore, maybe take a step back and like reset because it should be enjoyable. And if you're not enjoying it, then you're not going to attract the type of person you even want to end up with. Mm. Yeah. Dating burnout is so real, by the way. Like it took me a while to get there. I was single for Mm -hmm. probably like a little over a year between relationships, might have been more than that. Mm -hmm. And, um, like the first like six months, I was like, every day I'm going on a date and like mm-hmm. went overboard that way. Yeah. And then you really realize you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm going through the motions. Like you, yeah. you forget that it's just like about the connection you're having with somebody and that kind of exactly. goes out the window. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So I'd love to kind of transition to some dating habits that are associated with your 20s and 30s, because I feel like dating in this age range has some behaviors that just weren't a part of previous generations. And like, I'd love to get both of your respective thoughts on some of them. Sure. So the first one being, how do you feel about dating multiple people? Like, do you think that it can be beneficial because, you know, you get to broaden your net, not put all of your eggs in one basket, or does it maybe prevent you from like, forming a true connection with one person? I think 100% date more than one person. I can't tell if that ended up being the thing that worked out for me just because once I finally was like, I'll focus on one person, that's when I ended up being in a relationship. But I think that's how you save yourself. Like, I don't want to say it's putting a wall up, but I think it's protecting your heart in some way. Mm -hmm. Like if one thing doesn't work out, doesn't feel like the world is crashing down. You have other people that you're talking to that you're enjoying Mm -hmm. yourself with. So I say almost always like, unless that person says, I want to be exclusive with you, Mm -hmm. you should be dating other people. Mm -hmm. I dated a lot, but we're talking about college dating because then I got married. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, I had a million dates. I had a Thursday night date. I had a Friday night date. I had a Saturday night date. And, uh, you know, until it came to be the fact that I said, well, now which one is going to be the one that's Mm going to give me the ring and that Mm -hmm. I'm going to get serious about? Then Mm -hmm. that was the final thing. But I didn't do that until almost right before. I mean, I Mm -hmm. didn't care. First of all, it's different because the sex wasn't there. We didn't Mm -hmm. really have a sexual relationships, but but we still had, you know, psychological relationships. We were committed, Mm -hmm. but until somebody said, you know what, I want to get married. Then I I would stop dating. But up until that point, because I wasn't, I wasn't living with anybody prior because that Mm -hmm. was just not the norm at that particular Mm -hmm. moment in time. Yeah. Literally, if you like it, you should put a ring on it. I love that. That's correct. That's correct. And I believe in that now. I think you have to put a time. You have yeah. to cut the time off. If you're not getting the ring and you're not getting the idea that this is where you're going to go. Our right. timelines are different. Like she mm-hmm. thinks like after six months of like, you know, living with someone, like you should be engaged. Otherwise you're wasting your time. I think that's too short of a, of okay. a time. Okay. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Kim, what are your thoughts on like timeframes? Um, I think like for getting engaged or 
I guess so. Yeah. Like, do you think it should happen after a certain period of time only? Or like, is it maybe after you've hit certain milestones, maybe a combination of both of those factors? Yeah, I think definitely move in with somebody before getting engaged, um, just because it's like everyone says this, but it's like a test run. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not at that stage in my life yet. So I can't say whether that works or not. (laughs) But I would say like, I would never like go down that path without living with somebody first. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think honestly, like even with being exclusive with somebody or being boyfriend or girlfriend, I would wait until at least like seven or eight dates in. Yeah. I wouldn't like do earlier than that. I have some girlfriends who it's like after one date, that's their new boyfriend. Like that's Mm -hmm. not me. Yeah. Um, Definitely not me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like, honestly, it's so dependent on each relationship. Like every relationship Mm -hmm. is so different. So I've been in situationships for six months that never turned into Mm -hmm. anything. And then with my current boyfriend that moved really fast. So it kind of depends. Yeah. I agree. It's so situational. You just can't really like set a distinct rule around it. Yeah. You brought up something interesting in terms of like being exclusive versus being boyfriend, girlfriend. And that's one thing where grandma Gail, I wanted to get your thoughts because I feel (laughs) like it's, I don't know if it's a newer thing, but it seems to me like, yeah, like it's just kind of like this intermediate step that didn't always exist. So what are your respective thoughts on that? And you didn't know what that was until... No, until you told me what it was. I mean, that's only a year old of knowledge. Um, (laughs) You know, I think it's sort of silly, but, you know, it's what the dating is today. And I don't judge it anymore because I know that everybody has a different style and that's fine if it works out in the long run. Mm -hmm. Um, But you think it's BS. I mean, we we like would have arguments about this where I'd be like, no, they're not together. They're exclusive. And you were like, Mm -hmm. so they're boyfriend, girlfriend. And I was like, no. (laughs) To me, you either are or you aren't. Mm -hmm. And exclusive means you're not dating anybody else. So if you're not dating anybody else, then you have to be considered a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It's either a cop out on one of people's parts that Mm -hmm. doesn't really want to fully commit. And Mm -hmm. in in that case, they don't really want to fully commit. I don't want to be exclusive. Exactly. I like people who had asked me to be exclusive in the past. I said, no. Like, wow. I was like, if you yeah. want to be boyfriend or girlfriend, like, we can talk right. about it, but we're not exclusive. Like, I'm dating right. other people unless you want to be my boyfriend. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's the way it should be. You can't have everything. I mean, this that's is somebody true. who wants their cake and eat it too. 100%. So that's, yeah. that's just selfish. I agree. I do think it comes down to commitment. It's like, I respect you enough to like not sleep with anyone else, but I'm not committed to sticking around if things get difficult or like you can't like rely on me to come to the wedding that you were invited to as your plus one. It's like they're all very up in the air. Right. Mm-hmm. Unless he says, I'm your boyfriend, I'm your significant other. That's mm-hmm. what it is. And if it's not, yeah. you know, move on. I'm yeah. very big on moving on. <laughs> every every <laughs> little red flag, just move on. Just move on. If it's really a bad yeah. flag, I would move on instantly. There are too many fish in the sea. Don't, That's so the true. girls shouldn't settle. And the guys shouldn't settle because Mm -hmm. life is too short. And, you know, as you get older, and you two are not at that stage yet, but you become much more accommodating. I mean, I have friends, unfortunately, who are either widows or widowers, and Mm -hmm. they have to accommodate because there's Mm -hmm. a life that they both led. But when you're young and you're starting out in your 20s and 30s, I wouldn't sacrifice what I really want. Not to challenge you, but I think it's a little bit of a double st- a standard. I don't even know if that's the right word, but it's like you say, oh, nobody's perfect. And that's then you true. say, if there's a little red flag, move on. Well, no one's perfect. That is true. You can't have perfection. But if there are too many things that annoy you, 
in a person. You never change the person. Nobody really changes. The only person mm-hmm. that, that happens is you but get aggravated. But if you're happy and most things are good and then there's little things that annoy you, I don't know if that's enough to say move on because mm-hmm. nobody is going well, to up. Well, that's up to the individual. Yeah. If somebody really uh, was not satisfying me in the bedroom, that would be a, a major flag. I would have to say <laughs> goodbye. That mm-hmm. isn't going to get better. Um, yeah. There are certain things that are, they could be annoying, like if he doesn't pick up his shirt or she doesn't wash the dishes after dinner. That mm-hmm. Those are things you can overlook. But there are issues that can't be overlooked. And if there mm-hmm. are too many of those, then I would say move on because you know, you'll be unhappy. I feel like it's kind of determining, is this something that I can live with? Because exactly. To your point, Thank you. That's like, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Like, no, I can't live with bad sex the rest mm-hmm. of my life. So right. it's a and you matter shouldn't. of like, yeah, not sacrificing those things and just changing your standard entirely. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. And it could also be, there are other things. I mean, there could be a monetary issue, mm-hmm. it, you know, because money and sex are the two biggest things that people fight over. Mm-hmm. So if the money that you think you need is not there, in a couple, then it sometimes just has to say, listen, I can't do it. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, because if somebody is not going to live the standard of life that you want to live or that you're living currently on your own mm-hmm. and you don't want to support the other person to complete extent of his being, you know, not contributing or her not being contributing, mm-hmm. that's a factor. It's a big factor. If you mm-hmm. can't pay your bills at the end of the month, you end up fighting. Yeah. I know that from my friends, you know, used Mm -hmm. to say, uh, oh, I can't pay this month. Could you help me out? It doesn't work. It really doesn't work. It just ends up in heartbreak. Those are things you have to think about. Yeah. And even if you do have like maybe similar money, but you have different values around how it should be spent. Like I dated someone I love to travel and he would always Mm -hmm. harp on how irresponsible I was being by like going on these trips. I would Mm -hmm. go with my friends and invite him and he was like, no. And in the end, that just wouldn't have worked out because Mm -hmm. I'm not going to stop traveling and I need someone who also values that equally versus like buying new TVs and cars all the time. Right. It depends where you want to put your money. And also Mm -hmm. like don't judge other people unless you're sharing a bank account like don't judge how other people spend their money Mm -hmm. I had a girlfriend who worked in fashion and she got a new pair of shoes she didn't even have a shopping problem like she got Mm -hmm. one pair of shoes and the guy made her feel so bad about it and it's like you didn't pay for the shoes like why do you care honestly well that was his values I mean I don't know the people and I don't know what it it is but I understand Mm -hmm. from his point of view he couldn't see that money going in that and Mm -hmm. she probably can't see where he's putting his money I mean it might have been in his sports tickets or going to a Mm -hmm. football game But I think that becomes an issue and that becomes little fights like that become big fights. So Mm -hmm. you have to be, you know, those are the things you need to work out. And, um, you you know, I I married a very long time. Uh, I won't even discuss how long. But when (laughs) I got married and we had no money and we had some family money that maybe helped us in the beginning, but Mm -hmm. we really didn't have any money. But my husband had a good job. And I said, you know what? I want to have my own bank account. You're not going to have your bank account. I'm going to have my bank account. I'll take care of everything that has to do with the family. You take Mm -hmm. care of everything that has to do with investments. Mm -hmm. So we Mm -hmm. sort of categorized where our roles were and it worked. I didn't know Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So then when do you make the switch of, okay, then we're going to not? 
Well, mm-hmm. we didn't make any switch really up until when my children left. I mean, when the kids mm-hmm. left okay. and our relationships became different. Also, I started investing as an older adult. Mm-hmm. That was okay. different. Then it's a different story. But we're talking about the first maybe 30 years of our marriage. I handled everything that was in a household situation. I would handle the household expenses, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and he would handle the financial but aspect like of more. buying a house oh, because, well, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. he had the job. Okay. I was mm-hmm. a stay-at-home mom, so it was mm-hmm. a different. It was a different thing. So I didn't bring a large income in, but he said, "All right, we're going to figure this out. You'll have a certain amount of money that will always take care of the house and the mm-hmm. children. And if we had to go to a doctor, I mean, you know, all those things were in my account. And mm-hmm. his account was how to figure out how we were going to have retirement, how we were going to buy a house, mm-hmm. how we were going to live our lives uh, on a different level. So wow. I think those things all have to be discussed. They can't be discussed after you're married. Agreed. Because it doesn't work like that. Yeah, I do love that. And I think it's so great to just be very upfront about it to make mm-hmm. sure also that both people feel like the other person is contributing an equitable amount. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, either in effort or monetarily doesn't have to be monetary. I mean, if you're making the dinner and you're cleaning the house, that has a monetary value mm-hmm. and uh, probably more so than going to the office. So, you know, to keep people together. So uh, there's no price that you put on that. So there has to be a respect on both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're agreed. both working and you both have money coming in, then you have to be very careful how the money is, you know, put mm-hmm. away and divided and everybody understands it. Yeah, definitely. So on the topic of money, how do you both feel about splitting the cost of dates early on, assuming that it's in like a male and female dating scenario? Um, it's hard because I think that in the beginning, um, the guy, I feel sexist for saying it, but I believe it. Like, I think that the guy should be paying for mm-hmm. the dates. Like, it feels nice to be courted. It's a little old fashioned. I know that's her take on it too mm-hmm. um later on in a relationship like when you're together for a really long time like if you're ordering in and you want to split things if you're buying coffee mm-hmm. whatever it is like i think that's understandable but i think that like in the courting phase that the guy should pay and i also don't think it has to be blockbuster meals mm-hmm. i mean you can court and go to mcdonald's you can court mm-hmm. and go to a pizza place or a taco place, and the guy doesn't have to feel that he's really spending his entire salary on taking mm-hmm. you out. Right. And if, also, you don't want to sell someone a bag of goods you don't have. Right. Like, exactly. I think being practical exactly. about, like, this is my lifestyle. Like, this is these are the lifestyle. places I like to go, whatever. And if, yeah. if you're like, I don't want to go to McDonald's, then you probably shouldn't date, right? Exactly. But um, I think that, like, going but he's going to miss the fries. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, like going to places that like you actually go to normally, like is mm-hmm. the best thing to do versus like taking someone else to really fancy restaurants just to like impress them. And then once yeah. you're dating, being like, oops, lied about that. Like, and I yeah. also think a home cooked meal can, so nice. can yeah. do the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, you know, say, listen, come over to the house. I'm going to make dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. Those can be the same kind of things. So yeah. uh, I think it can be done. But I think in the beginning, it's still the male who's got to be the pursuer. 
we've discussed this with professionals, they still like to do the hunting and <laughs> uh, we're gatherers. So those worlds are not changing. They're thousands of years old. And mm-hmm. we might want some would, to- th- Some would argue they're changing. They're not changing. <laughs> I think the hunters and the gatherers are still around. <laughs> I think it's still kind of ingrained. And I say that as someone who also likes when men pay in the beginning as a woman. And I feel like to your point, it's like you don't have to go on a fancy date. I've had guys who have asked me out to nice dinners for the first date, but then they ask me to split it. And that is more of a turnoff than if he had mm-hmm. just said, hey, do you want to get ice cream or do you want to get coffee exactly. and pay for that? One quick story I'll tell, I went out to dinner with this guy and it was so hard for our schedules to align that I tried to suggest alternatives like maybe we can meet on a weekend and get brunch. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can just do a quick coffee. And he's like, no, I really like to do dinner for first date. So he picked this place. He insisted. And I just wasn't feeling it. You know, I offered to pay during the date, but he declined, I guess, under the guise that he thought I was going to go out with him again. And then when he asked me out, I said, so great to meet you. I had a nice time, but mm-hmm. I don't see it pursuing romantically. Mm-hmm. And then he asked me to Venmo him for half of the cost of the date. <gasps> oh, no. That's bad. Yeah. That's, that's bad. honestly the worst thing I've ever heard. Well, it's not the worst thing. <laughs> it's not it's the worst, the worst thing. thing. Famine is worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are, there are <laughs> worse things. You've heard worse things. I've heard worse things. But it's pretty bad dating. That's yeah. a pretty bad dating story. That was, that like, was rude. I just thought it was gross that he was okay Mm -hmm. with paying when he thought he was going to get something out of it, whether it's my time or maybe like, I don't know, something sexual. roll in the hay. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's like, don't offer to pay if you aren't willing to like take the risk that they might not want to see. Exactly. So rude. That is is the only answer for that is rude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So kind of going along with, you know, you mentioned that dating has these set roles of like hunter and gatherer. <laughs> I guess I kind of have an idea of what your thoughts might be, but what do you think about women asking men out or making the first move? I, I think it's wrong. I wouldn't do it. I would say I, if you meet somebody mm-hmm. in a, some kind of party situation or even in a, in a restaurant or a bar, or however you girls meet now, or guys, I would say I could give you my number. Uh, But I'm not going to be the one to ask, you know, here's my number. If you get a Mm -hmm. chance, I'd love to see you. But I wouldn't make the phone call. I think it puts the man in a position that he's not really the man now. Mm -hmm. You're the pursuer. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that works. I just don't think it works. I'm sure there'll be comments from people on the screen (laughs) that'll say, yes, it does work. We have a great relationship. (laughs) But I think the Mm -hmm. majority of the men still like to be the chaser. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think you can totally plant the seed. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I would send a DM first. I would Mm -hmm. like... I don't know, tell somebody that I'm interested in that or like tell a friend, oh, tell them I'm interested, whatever. Like I would Mm -hmm, plant the idea on their head, but I wouldn't be like, I made us a reservation for Friday if you want to go out. Like I wouldn't do that. I would never. That like makes me cringe so much. And again, they're like, it works for some people. There's always exceptions. Correct. Not my personal style. I definitely Mm -hmm. think I love the idea of saying I'm going to make it known that I'm interested, but now Mm -hmm. it falls on your court. Right. 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 Yeah. And so Kim, I know you mentioned like you don't use Bumble. Is it partially because like the woman has to make the first move or like, how do you feel that translates in online dating? When I was single, I was using Hinge, Mm -hmm. Raya, and this app called Locks Club. I loved all of them for different reasons. I think just since I was on those first, I think that's literally the only reason why I wasn't like, I'm going to add another one to the mix. I don't know why I did those before I did like Bumble. Um, maybe subconsciously I was like, ah, it sounds like a lot of work to make the first mm-hmm. move every time. Yeah. Um, but no, that wasn't really it. I think I just like knew more success stories from the other ones just from mm-hmm. friends. So that's why I went for those. That's fair. 
Yeah. So do you feel like there are gender roles associated when you're on the apps? Like for example, on Hinge, like you can send like, or you can send a message to someone. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about being the first person to make the move there? I was like almost always the first person to make the move on the apps. Um, I don't think about it the same as in real life and maybe I should, but I don't know. I think everyone is swiping through. Like I don't Mm want to be a passive user of just like, oh, look who liked me. I'll like respond. Like I think that making a first impression on an app like is kind of everything. So sliding in with something like somewhat witty or funny or like Mm -hmm. specific to one of their prompts is the best thing you could do. I think it sticks in your head more than just saying hi back or like sending Mm -hmm. a light. I didn't really do that. I almost always like just responded to prompts. And I was like these apps biggest customer. Like I would pay for the (laughs) swipe aheads and like the extra seeing people like it's kind of like a coffee a day to do that kind of thing, but like mm-hmm. you see way more people and I was really yeah. into dating at the time. So yeah, that makes sense. I feel like I totally agree with you. It's like, if you are just going to say, oh, I'll only wait for people to approach me, who knows if you're even going to have a good pool of guys versus like right. being proactive and saying like, yeah. this is the type of person I'm interested in. So like, why not put myself in his like purview? I don't know. Totally. Yeah. And I wonder from the other perspective, like what like hetero guys would think in this situation of does it mm-hmm. matter if it's the girl who sends the like or the comment first versus they yeah. do I don't think any guy would be like I'm not interested because they messaged <laughs> me first but I don't yeah. know I can't imagine that would be a very hyper traditional guy I feel like most yeah. guys would just view it as any other match yeah or like look at this cute girl who's interested in me and be like excited yeah. about it that's it's how they yeah mm-hmm so I guess the last modern dating like kind of situation that I wanted to discuss is communication during dating. And I feel like we've alluded to this earlier in the conversation where we just have access to constant communication, like text or DMs versus only having phone calls. And I feel like there are benefits because you get to know someone a little bit faster. It's easier to access them. But then is there a downside? And I'd love to hear your perspective, Grandma Gail, since you didn't have like that constant communication when you were dating. You know what? I have to hand this over to Kim first because I really don't have any experience in this uh, this at I mean, all. You do say like you don't like texting, pick up the phone, and <laughs> yeah. Well, I well I have those feelings, but I, I'm sure I'm like the dinosaur in the room. So you know, it, it really doesn't apply to me. I still turn off my phone at five o'clock, and I don't look at the phones after a certain time. I think there has to be a family time or a relaxation time. So mm-hmm. I'm really not good at this one. You, I'm going to hand this over to you. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, I think it's amazing to have this communication and be able to text people. And I think once I know somebody, like happy to FaceTime and hop on the phone. But like when I'm dating somebody before being exclusive, like I don't really want a phone call. Like I feel a little <laughs> bit awkward. Like there were yeah. sometimes it did win brownie points if you're a good conversationalist. Yes. Like there was actually one date I went on right after the first date. Like. I think you probably remember this. Like, you know, I just got home from the date I was living here and he Mm -hmm. called right away. I was like, I had a really great time. I want to continue talking. And that was really nice. We only went on one day, unfortunately, because it was like bi-coastal, but. Mm -hmm. um, Right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. But that was so nice because he was such a good talker. But I think like most people, since we're kind of conditioned to text, like the conversation Mm -hmm. doesn't flow that easily. How long do you stay on the phone for? Like it it just creates anxiety. That's like a little bit unnecessary in the beginning, I think. Yeah. I just think the phones are too much a part of dating now. You just got to put the phone down. But then how do you talk to them? Well, like see them in person more, you're saying? See them in person. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you text ab nauseum. You don't even know if you like the person. So (laughs) text 
tell me where you wanted me to meet. I'll answer with a text. But then sit down and look at the guy or the girl across the table. It just doesn't work. And don't look at your phones while you're on a date. It drives me crazy. Either (laughs) leave the phones in your pocket or put them in your purse. It means that they're not that into you. And I just think it's awful. I really do. I don't like when my husband takes his phone out and they start looking at a sports thing and I'm married almost 60 years. I Mm -hmm. think it's rude and I don't like it. That's actually a red flag for me now. I agree. I agree. And I do think there's something to be said about texting too much before you've ever met the person yes. because it's just like you get in this texting pattern, you right. feel like you know them super well, and you might not even have a connection because texting is so different than like the chemistry mm-hmm. that you have when you finally see yeah. them in real life. That is, I was just going to say that, like that is probably like the biggest rule I have. Like I will not text with people before a first date. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to be like, hey, where is our thing? Mm-hmm. And then we meet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so awkward to me. Like there's been people like we we set a date a week in advance and then every day until the date it was like what are you doing today and it's like no why there's no like need. i don't know you there's no yeah. need there's no need. yeah i'm totally fine with not speaking at all until we actually yeah. see each other in person right exactly it's a waste yeah. of time agreed so i guess before we close out i'd love to end with some you know discussions about advice and so kim i wanted to ask you like what's the best advice that you've received from grandma gail about dating There's definitely a lot. I think that the big one probably is that, you know, with dating apps and things, it's essentially like having a virtual bar in your pocket. Like Mm -hmm. there's always endless possibilities of meeting people. And I think that's a big problem that our generation just has in general. Like when you meet someone, you're like, well, they're not Prince Charming, so I'm going to (laughs) keep looking. But Mm -hmm. I think my grandma just telling me like, if you're happy in this, like give it an actual shot. And I think like doing that does you a lot of service. And if it doesn't work out, then you move on to the next person. But like always expecting perfection. And we kind of talked about this is just like kind of unhealthy. So probably that. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And then I guess conversely, is there anything that you would say the two of you disagree with like the most strongly or have like the most dissenting viewpoints on? I don't know. Do we have to? Yeah, we definitely disagree on things. Oh, yeah, we definitely disagree on things. That's for sure. (laughs) I wouldn't be moving in with anybody until I had a ring on my finger, but that's another story. Um, I think even though Kimmy says that you're not looking for perfection, I think this generation still is looking for, for perfection. And I think you have to have certain points. If certain things fit the qualifications that you need to have a good relationship that's ongoing, that's all you need. You can't have mm-hmm. somebody who's 6'2", <laughs> magnificent, also is a great wage earner, ideally suited to you in every way, love the same sports, love the same movies. I mean, at some point, there is no such person as that. So I think you have to have your number one, number two, number three, really top priorities. And then maybe the others just go by the wayside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess we also kind of disagree sometimes on like, it's not chivalry, but like, you know, you say that a guy should come to the door and yeah. like meet your well, parents that, and like shake well, their that's hand. The, like, oh, that's date that, one. And it's yeah. like, no. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I think that that's, yeah. you see, I think that's a problem now because first of all, you could be dating bi-coastally. So you're on the telephone. So you don't need even have mm-hmm. the opportunity. Uh, but that was an old fashioned way of dating. It worked in many ways because it showed respect. But, you know, uh, eventually they got to meet the parents or whoever the elder in the room is. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, hopefully eventually they will. 
Yeah, eventually. I would like freak out at the idea of date I know. One. Oh so does Kimmy. I know. That that seems to be the freak out thing then now. No <laughs> no meeting the parents. Yeah. So Grandma Gail to turn it back on you, is there anything like that either the podcast or Kim's perspective has changed your opinion on when it comes to dating? Oh my gosh, it's 180 for me. The podcast has been very wonderful for me because I've had more time with my granddaughter, who I think is so wonderful. So Mm -hmm. that's been terrific. And also I've learned very much like you, uh, wonderful people who really have a new way of thinking about dating and and relationships. Mm -hmm. And I respect it. I've learned to think about it much more carefully and certainly Mm -hmm. in a different frame of mind than when I was going out. And that's that's good because I broaden Mm -hmm. my thinking and I would expect other grandparents who I'm friendly with or parents to -hmm. think it through. You know, we can't judge it on what was. We have to judge it on what's going on today. And I think that's been a major benefit of the podcast for me. Yeah. Have there been any specific guests or opinions that have stood out for like being really shocking or really polarizing? I don't think any have been polarizing. I think the woman who writes the books on dating from the rules, the rules of dating. Oh, I mean, yeah. she's so this woman, Sherry Schneider, who wrote the rules in like the, was it the eighties or the nineties? I think it might've been the nineties. And then she wrote one later. Yeah, recently. She, she's a bit controversial because she's mm-hmm. very much one to be like, man has to make the first move. She's very like, traditional. Don't wear um, like what you wear on a date, like have your hair long, not short, like. It's a little Mm -hmm. extreme for me, to be honest. Um, But that was a very interesting perspective to take like tidbits from that in your life. Yes. Not like the whole And she has great success. This is something that she does Mm -hmm. for a living. You also loved Ben Higgins from The Bachelor. I did. I love Ben Higgins. I loved him. I loved him. He was such a gentle, nice man. And he was very honest about his problems after The Bachelor. I never Mm -hmm. watched those programs. Kimmy is addicted to The Bachelorette, (laughs) The Bachelor. (laughs) To me, those things are just, uh, uh, I don't even know what to say about them. (laughs) So, and I have to say he was, showed the negative result of some of his fame and of the show Mm -hmm. and very deep introspective man. I I thought he was wonderful. I did like him. I've liked almost everybody. I found uh, we have a young guy where Kimmy's going to release it. It's not out yet, but we had a wonderful chef on that was terrific. Uh, You know, they all have different points of view and different things that they're doing now. and, And all of them have been good. And it's like so interesting too, like we spoke to, I don't know if you know the show My Unorthodox Life on Netflix, Mm -hmm. but Sheva and Miriam Hart, who came from this ultra-Orthodox Jewish community in New York, Mm -hmm. and then now they're like in the real world dating, and it's just such a different life. So just to get perspectives like that as well. Also a gay perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's also Miriam is bisexual, so to get Mm -hmm. that as well. So we're really, we have a lot of different people on the podcast, and it's Mm -hmm. made it very interesting. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of new friends. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I feel like that's the perfect transition. Clearly, you've had like a wide array of amazing guests. So where can listeners find your podcast and your TikTok? So I wonder if you could answer that. No, I can't, Kimmy. There's so many. You have to do all the answering. So you can listen to Excuse My Grandma anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple. Um, and our handle on TikTok is at Excuse My Grandma. Same with Instagram. So hope to see you guys there. And they like to see me look silly. So I guess everybody's oh. watching that. You don't look silly. She like rates outfits and interprets text messages from guys. Yeah. People are here for the expertise. 
Yeah, exactly. For the old expertise. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much. This was really amazing. I had so much fun recording with you both. And for the listeners, as you know, you can find me at Leslie Nope, L-E-S-L-I-E-G-N-O-P-E on Instagram or find the podcast at Interstates and Heartbreak. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more firsthand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.